0: Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church family here in Yankton, South Dakota. Our episode today is from our series, Hatchem, Patchem, Matchem, and Dispatchem. Parenting can be the most difficult job you'll ever have, but it can also be the most rewarding and most revealing. During this four-week series, we'll learn from the greatest parenting book of all time, God's Word, on how to raise our kids His way. We hope you enjoy. Gotcha your Bible, let's go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 24, Genesis chapter 24. If you're a guest, again, we want to say welcome home. We're glad that you're joining us here today. We've been in a series called Hatch'em, Patch'em, Match'em, and Dispatch'em. We've been talking about parenting. And if you missed it again, I will encourage you to go to our website, Yankee.Church, you can catch all our messages there as well. We also have a YouTube channel and finally a podcast where you can listen to the messages too and be part of that. And we've been saying throughout this series that parenting is the most difficult thing you'll ever do. And even if you're here today and you're a kid, welcome. We're glad that you're here and and you guys can help your parents. So your parents actually get to go to school today and they get to learn how to be a better parent. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good? Yeah, right? And it's a hard job to do. We, We wanna learn and grow from that. And I've been saying that The one thing that's true is that every parent wants their child to have a better life than what they've had for themselves. Every parent has that desire. It doesn't matter how old your kids are or how young they are. Every parent wants their child to have a better life than what they've had. But the second thing is also true. Every parent I've ever talked to wishes they could do a better job of being a parent, thinks Man, I wish if I could have, or if I would have. And and I have a lot of people in my life with with kids who are older and who have grown. And and they keep sharing with me that really your your job as a parent doesn't end when your kids leave home. It, It still continues on and on. And so we need to continue to learn and grow how to be a better parent. And we've talked about how there's thousands of books on parenting all over. You can read lots of stuff. But the number one book you can read on parenting is God's Word. It's the number one source of learning how to be a better parent, how to be a better person. In the first week, we talked about discipline. Again, if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch that. We talked about how discipline is needed. Um, and last week, we talked about patching them up. And we had a verse, and I'm going to put it up here on the screen. I'd like us to read this verse out loud together again. First Thessalonians 2.12 We encouraged you, we comforted you, and we kept urging you to live the kind of life that pleases God. Alright, let's read that one more time I think we can do better If you're watching online, play along. I know it's weird to talk to me, Peter, but let's, let's read this out loud together, ready? We encouraged you, we comforted you And we kept urging you To live the kind of life That pleases God Well today, we're in part 3 And we're going to talk about Matching And that's right, we're going to talk about When your kids decide that they're going to Be in a relationship with someone else it could be a dating relationship, it could be a marriage. Every parent eventually will get to that season in life where they're helping their child find the right person. And all of us, I, again talking about that true, universal truth that we all have, we all desire for our child to have a spouse that is loving, that is caring, that is supportive. Again, I've never met a parent who said, I hope my child just marries a loser. I, I, really hope, I really hope they find somebody who's just terrible with money, who doesn't really care about them, and I've never met that before. And if we're being honest, too, a lot of times with, with our kids, if we wanted to be honest, we'd like to go back to arranged marriages. <laughs> like, where we just pick the spouse for our child, right? And, and most kids would probably say, no, right? But, but there might be something to that. But here's what we want today. And again, if you're here today, and you're not a parent but you're single, this message is for you. There's gonna be a lot of truce in here about finding a person that God wants us to desire to, for who them to be, and we want this for our kids as well. And, and the premise that I kinda of wanna set up for you today is if we're being real honest, all of us in our lives and for our kids, we want the fairy tale. If you remember that, that great movie, Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts, and uh, when she said, I want the fairy tale, she, that, that was her quote for the movie. She said, I want the fairy tale. That's what we want. We want that for our lives, and we want our kids to have that as well. And you know the idea of the fairy tale, right? The, it's the handsome, rich prince, and it's the humble, beautiful, but ordinary girl who nobody seems to notice. And through an unusual set of circumstances, one day their paths cross. They fall deeply in love with each other, and they live happily, What? Happily ever after That's the formula for every fairy tale That we've ever known And, And church I just want to say this There's a reason for that There's a reason why we do that There's a reason why Disney has made Billions of dollars Making the same movie Over and over and over and over again Because we want the fairy tale That's what we want In our lives And that's especially what we want In the lives of our kids So today, what if I told you that the fairy tale was possible? Now, you might be thinking, oh, Pastor, no, I, I just want us to play this out for a second. What if it was possible to find the person that was meant for you and that you could live happily ever after together with them? And I would contend it's not only possible, it's absolutely possible for your life and for the life of your kids. And we're gonna walk through that today. But before we do that, I need to kind of tweak the the fairy tale just a little bit. Because I think in our mindset, we we have an idea, and I think it's good, I think it's kind of how God designed us, we wanna have that one person in our lives. But there's a little tweak that the world did that we we need to tweak back. See, this is what the world says. The world says, when you find a spouse, when you find a mate, they are there to make you what? Happy right there, but I want to be happy. We, we said that right. We want to live what happily ever after and we think that that's our desires that a spouse is to make us happy or we think this person is here for my pleasure and that's not true. That's not even biblical. See God wants you to be happy. God has a desire for you to be happy, but can I help you with something? Your happiness is not God's number one priority. I'm going to say that again so you can make sure that I understand. Your happiness or the happiness of your child is not God's number one priority. God's number one priority is for us to be holy. God wants us to be holy. See, God brings two people together and I can show you this in scripture where God says, I created man and woman to be together. So that fairy tale is actually true. But God doesn't bring two people together for their pleasure God brings two people together for his purpose. God doesn't bring two people together for their pleasure. God brings two people together for his purpose. And so I'm going to tell you, yes, you can want the fairy tale in your own life and as well as the life of your children. And so today we're going to look at in the scripture, Genesis 24, a real life, honest to God, true fairy tale that actually happened in Scripture. Now, if you're not familiar with God's Word, I want to take a moment to kind of set this up for you. So I don't want to leave anybody behind. We got to kind of give you the backstory, right? With every fairy tale, there's a backstory you've got to learn before we talk about the events. So here's how the backstory to this fairy tale works. If you're not familiar, Genesis 24, there's a guy named Abraham. Abraham was called by God to leave his family, to leave his home, to travel to a far and distant land. And God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. That was a promise that God gave Abraham. So Abraham obeyed God. And he moved, took his family all all the way. It's the equivalent of probably here to Chicago, which doesn't sound like a long way. But in in ancient times, that was a far way to go. He was was in a totally different land. And God blessed Abraham. He became very wealthy and became very prominent in that area. But there was a problem. (laughs) Abraham didn't have a son. Abraham didn't have any children, and so if Abraham were to die, all of that wealth and all that promise that God made would not come to fruition. And Abraham at this point was a very old man, and his wife was old as well. And God came to Abraham and He said, I'm going to fulfill my promise. Church, we serve a God who fulfills promises, amen? And so God sent a son named Isaac, and through a miracle, Isaac was born. And Isaac had grown up and Isaac Abraham had done the things that we talked about before. You know, he'd hatched him, he'd patched him, and now Abraham was at the point where he was going to match Isaac. He was going to help Isaac find a spouse. So here you have Isaac. And if you want to think about it this way, Isaac was pretty well to do at this point. Think about this. When Abraham died, Isaac inherited everything. So in a sense, Isaac is a prince. He, he has a lot of wealth, he has a lot of power, he has a lot of prestige. This is kind of a good catch. Can I just say it that way, ladies, okay? This is a guy that you want your, your daughter to come find, right? This is Isaac. And so Abraham sent one of his servants, and he said, you know what, I want to find a spouse for my Isaac, and, and I want your help with this. If you can think about it this way, you can think of it as this is this guy is going to be Isaac's wingman, okay? Think about it in that term, right? I'm going to go out, we're going to help Isaac, find a spouse. And so we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 24. But Before I show you this verse, and you might want to write this down, I I want to help you as we go through the story to kind of unpack what I'm talking about here. There's really four very important steps to living out the fairy tale. Okay, And I'm going to give you the first one, and then we're going to talk about Scripture. Here's the first one. We need to prepare. If you want to live out the fairy tale in your life or for your kids' life, we need to be prepared. Genesis 24, and I'm going to read in the start in the 7th verse. The Lord, the God of heaven, this is Abraham talking. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath saying, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife. Abraham is claiming the promise. That God had given him. Remember way back at the beginning. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And by you all nations will be blessed. I'm going to send you to a land. And you're going to have many, many descendants. Here's what I want you to understand about Abraham. Abraham. This is what Abraham didn't do. Abraham didn't go, okay God. You promised it. Now bring him. Okay. Here we go God. I'm waiting. No, no, no. And that's a lot of times what we do, right? We wait for God to do something. Abraham didn't do that. Abraham was prepared. Abraham was preparing Isaac all the way through to find a mate. See, a lot of times we want God supernatural, right? God just supernaturally bring me a spouse or bring my child a spouse, right? God just bring that supernaturally. Here's what I would contend, and more often than not, I see this in Scripture. God takes his super... He puts it with my natural, and that's where we make the supernatural. Abraham says, I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to find a mate for my child. So the question I want to ask you today, parents, what are you doing to prepare your kids today for their spouse? And can I give you the biggest way that you can do that? How do you treat your spouse? Because here's the thing. How you treat your spouse or your child's parent, other parent will determine how they will treat their spouse. Dads, the way that you talk to your kids as mom is the way your sons will talk to their wife. Are you okay with that? Dads, the way you treat your kids as moms will show your daughters how a man should treat a woman. How's he doing with that, church? Now, ladies, moms, How you treat your kids' father will determine who they look for. It's showing your your sons how a dad should look, what it should look like, and it shows your little girls how a man should treat you. How are we doing with that, church? How you act, how you talk, everything you say is always giving you a message. we talked about this before. Our kids are always watching and very rarely do they listen to our words, <laughs> but they always watch our actions.
1: And if we say, I'm going
0: to value, you should value your spouse. Are you doing that, church? What can you do to prepare? Look at what Abraham does. But verse three, he says to the servant, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven. This is huge. This language here couldn't be more emphatic. I want you to swear. By the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I'm living. Now, I want to pause there for a second. This is absolutely nothing to do with race. I'm going to say that again. This is absolutely nothing to do with race. Abraham is living in a foreign land. It's not, well, I can't get one of these. I need to go get one of mine. That's not what he's saying. This is everything to do with belief. What Abraham is saying here is, is we serve the living God. We serve a holy and righteous God. And if, I'm gonna, if I want my son to find a spouse, I want him to find a spouse who shares the same beliefs and the same holy God that we do as well. Because again, God's desire is not for your happiness. His desire is for your holiness. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Family, if you want to have, if, if you want your child to find a spouse who loves Jesus, are you loving Jesus? And it's not about like finding someone who's good enough for them. Please don't hear that, please hear that. It's not about are you good enough for my child, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is if you want your child to find someone who loves Jesus, Are you loving Jesus? How are you showing that out? How are you living it today? Is Sunday morning optional in your family? Is Sunday morning, as long as I don't have anything else better going on, I guess we'll come to church? That's when you're teaching your kids about finding a spouse. How about this, is reading God's word in your house a common occurrence, or is it rare? Do you open God's word together as a family and read it? Or do your kids see you reading that? Because if you want your kids to find a godly spouse, and I've heard this so many times, parents have said to me, I want my son or daughter to find a godly spouse. Are you living that out in your own life? What about uh, serving at church like we talked about? Do you want you your child to find a spouse that's, that's loving, that's caring, that's giving? Are you doing those things? What are you doing today to prepare your children for the spouse that they're going to have tomorrow? And this is a constant battle that we all have to be in. And again, no matter how old your kids are, you can start today. You can help show them what that means to be prepared. Here's the second step for the fairy tale. We need to pray. Look at what uh, the servant leaves Abram. He travels off to this this, this land. And as he's traveling, verse 12, this is what the servant prayed. Look into these words. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, Make me successful today and show kindness to my master, Abraham." God loves your kids more than anyone else ever will. We've talked about that. We've said that God loves your kids even more than we do. So if that's the case, if God loves your kids more than we ever will, don't you think we should invite him in the conversation? Don't you think we should say, God, help my mate find a spouse? Because again, God's desire is for your child to be holy. God wants to bring someone to your spouse, not for their pleasure, but for his purpose. So I want to ask you a question. Are you praying for your child's spouse? If you have adult kids and they're married, you should be praying for them. If your kids are little and you're like, I don't think I should be praying for my child's spouse because they're only five years old, <laughs> I would challenge that. Start praying today today. For your child's spouse Who will that person be? And I want to, i want you to be specific Listen to what I'm going to say You might want to write this down Don't pray for a spouse For your child Pray for their spouse Be specific Even if your child is young right now Specifically pray about that And I want to show you Look at how specific this servant's prayer is Verse 13 This is he pr- and praying to God He says see I am standing by the spring and the daughters of the town people are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, let down your jar that I may have a drink and she says drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Think of how specific that prayer is. I want to find someone who's going to come out, who's going to help, who's going to not only offer me water, serve my camels too. Be specific with your prayers. How specific are your prayers for your child's spouse? Do you just pray, well, I hope they love Jesus. Okay. How about this? Do you pray that they will honor their parents? Because guess what? Whether you haven't found this out or not. Your in laws are going to be part of your family, whether you like it or not. Now, my in laws, um, they watch online every week. Hi, guys, I love you. You guys are perfect, and you've never done anything wrong, and I love you so much. But I'm just saying, I've heard that some in laws can be a challenge, okay? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Are you praying that your kid's spouse will honor their parents? Are you praying that they will serve God? Are you praying that they will be good with their finances? Are you praying that they will be kind? Are you praying they would be compassionate? In fact, I would challenge you. If your kids are little right now, I would encourage you to write out a prayer specifically for your child's spouse and pray it all the time. How cool would it be on the wedding day of your children that you could go to their spouse and you could hand them a prayer and you could say, I have been praying this prayer for you since my child was this age. How awesome would that be? What kind of message would that give to your child's spouse? To say, wow, you've been praying specifically for me? Because again, if your kids are little right now, their spouse is probably alive. They're probably growing up just like your kids are. And one day, through an unusual set of circumstances, their paths will cross. And at that moment, how much you have prayed for them will determine the success or failure of their marriage. I can guarantee it because I've seen it over and over and over again. How specific are you praying for your child's spouse? Again, if your kids are already grown, how specifically are you praying for their spouses right now? And you better get on your knees and doing that because if they're far from God right now, the first thing you need to do is you need to pray, God, help them find you. Help me be a, a vessel that can lead them To a relationship with Jesus Christ So we need to prepare We need to pray Here's the third step to the fairy tale We need to watch We need to watch Look at what verse 15 says Before he had finished praying Rebekah came out with her jar On her shoulder This is very interesting Again going back to the fairy tale that we are in the story Right, The servant comes to this distant land He's praying this very specific prayer, and he's praying, God, I pray specifically for that when I see this person, that she would do this. And literally, the language there says it's before he had finished, while he was still praying, God, please bring somebody who will do, and he looks over here, (laughs) and there he sees Rebecca. Like, it's literally like he's praying it, and it's right there. Now, I know some of you in this room who might be single might be thinking, I'm gonna start praying right now, (laughs) Pastor. They might walk in the door right now, and that could be the case. Let's start praying for that specifically. But here's what I want you to tell. Um, Sometimes we miss the obvious when we're not looking for it. Let me go with this. The servant hurried to meet her. Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she says, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they've had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well for more water. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. So, so far, what we've heard is we've heard the story from the perspective of Abraham and the servant. Now, I just want to challenge you for just a second. I want you to think about Rebecca here for a second. Remember, Abraham, this rich, distant, we'll call him a king, sending the servant to find a, a suitable bride for his little prince, Isaac. And they come all the way over there, and the servant all the way, Abraham's been preparing Isaac. The servant's been preparing and praying for this person specifically. They come to this place. Now, I want you to think about it from Rebecca's standpoint. We're gonna shift the storyline to Rebecca. And we don't know a lot about Rebecca up until this point, but here's something I want you to think about. Let's play this out in your mind. I guarantee you, Rebecca didn't get up that morning and and God didn't say to Rebecca, go down to the well and give this guy a drink and drink his camels too. And if you do this, this beautiful, handsome prince will come and sweep you off your feet and take you back to the land and make you a princess and you'll live happily ever after. I guarantee you, God didn't say that to Rebecca. You know why? Because scripture doesn't say that. And here's what I want you to understand. Rebecca was just simply doing what God had called her to do. See, she was going about her daily business. This was just routine for Rebecca. This is what she did. She was, if I can say it this way, she was going about her father's business. She was serving her father, and part of the thing that her father had instilled in her was the sense that you care for people when they come. You're hospitable. You show hospitality to them. That's a good characteristic to have, and Rebecca showed that there. And. Sometimes she she walked down to the well that day Not knowing what was going to happen to her And yet look at what happened Look at what God said Here's my point saying this We never know who's watching We never know who's watching See sometimes we miss The extraordinary In the ordinary Sometimes we'll just be living our daily lives In an ordinary casual way And something extraordinary Will happen And when that moment comes, what are you doing? Are you living for yourself? Are you living for others? Or if I can say it this way, are you going about your father's business? or Are you living out your own life? See, he will use you, God will use you, and prepare you for where he wants to take you. If you're doing it the way that God wants you to do it, and living out your God-given purpose. That's what was going on in Rebecca's life right there. And she was watching, and she was waiting for that. And then when you have that, the extraordinary happens. And so here's the fourth thing that I want to tell you. The fourth step to the fairytale, we need to prepare, we need to pray, we need to watch. And here's the fourth one. We need to wait. Now, I almost started with wait. When I was putting this message together, I thought, you know, the first thing I should say is I should say wait. But I I changed it to the end, and here's why I did that. If I would have started with wait, I would have lost all of you. You would have said, no, I'm out waiting this time. Nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes to wait. It's not fun to wait. But yet again, I'll go back to what I've been saying. God's desire is for your holiness. God's desire is for your purpose, His purpose, not your pleasure. And I've seen at church, I've seen it so many times when we'll settle Because we're in a hurry. We get in such a hurry and we settle for less than what God's plan and purpose is when we just need to wait. And family, we need to help our kids understand this concept of waiting and what it means to really wait. Ladies, I want to speak to you for just a second. I want you to know how valuable and how precious you are in God's sight. I want you to know how much he adores you. And loves you And how much he's created you And as your pastor who loves you I want to say something to you Never ever settle For anything less Than a guy who loves God And loves you in the same way Never settle for that And parents we need to teach our daughters that And and parents And sons I want to talk to the sons If you're a son in this room right now Wait Never settle for anything less Than God's purpose in your life Guys have, I think, an extra hard time waiting. We're very impatient. God has made us that way. But but we need to be patient and we need to wait. We need to respect and we need to honor the, the creature that God has given us. Because every time that we hurry, we settle for less than what God's plan and purpose is for our life. Look at what happens in verse 26 there. Once the man saw Rebecca, once he realized that Rebecca was living out God's purpose in her life and was serving her, this is what he did. The man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. See, Isaac could have settled for a wife in the land around him. But he understood God's purpose for his marriage was far greater than his pleasure. And just to wrap it up so you guys know this, um, what happened was Rebecca did go and did meet Isaac. And, And I want you to write this down, verse 62 to 67. I want you to go home and I want you to read it because it was actually a fairy tale. And and we know back in those days, a lot of marriages were arranged. And one could technically classify this as an arranged marriage. But if you read the text and you understand the language, it actually says that Isaac and Rebecca were actually in love. That was a rare thing in those days. And for God to actually put that in his word, we understand that this was actually a very special, very unique relationship. But it wasn't just for Isaac and Rebecca. It wasn't just for their pleasure. It was for what? God's purpose, God has a greater purpose for your life than just your pleasure. Now, did Isaac and Rebekah live happily ever after? In a sense, now if you know the rest of the story, their life kinda got crazy after they had kids, right? But, But what happened was, just to kinda fast forward to the end so you guys can see what happened, they had a son, his son was named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons that became what's called the nation of Israel. And you may have heard of one of them named Joseph who went down to Egypt, became a servant, saved his family. His family stayed there with him for 400 years. Eventually, they became slaves in Egypt, and then God sent a guy named Moses to come. And he rescued this family, this nation of Israel, from Egypt, brought them into the Promised Land where Abraham had promised. They set it up there. They had the lines of kings. King David came from this relationship. They had the whole nation of Israel that came out of that. And eventually, to really fast forward, Jesus Christ himself is a descendant of this relationship between Isaac and Rebecca so many thousands of years later. What's my point saying all that? God's plan for redeeming the entire world, for impacting your and I's lives, involved a faithful praying parent named Abraham. His plan and his purpose for our salvation involved an ordinary girl who nobody noticed, who just day after day went about her father's business. And it involved a handsome young prince who waited and didn't settle for less and stood up for God's purpose and plan. And then, of course, who can forget the wingman, right? The servant who actually went out and did that. What's that look like in your life, church? What if I told you the fairy tale was possible? And although, as I said, God's main point is not your happiness, God wants you to be happy. God has a desire for you to have pleasure, but it's not his number one goal. He wants you to live out his purposes. What are you doing today to prepare your kids for their spouse? How are you treating their dad? How are you treating their mom? How are you living your life? Are you showing them how to live God's way? How specifically are you praying for your spouse or for your child's spouse, no matter what age they are? And one of the things I said is about prayer is that sometimes we think prayer is this wish, right? We throw a coin into a wishing well and we, we just wish that God would make that happen. Do you understand that when we pray, we're talking to the living God, the all-powerful creator of all the universe? who can do all things and can see all things. Never underestimate the power of a praying parent. And we need to be watching. We need to be watching for our kids. We need to be watching things. When you see things in your kid's life that are character issues, we need to address them. Because one day, that's going to carry over into a spouse relationship. And we need to hold our kids accountable for that. We need to be watching out for that. And looking for the ordinary, the ordinary, Because a lot of times we will miss the extraordinary if we don't take care of the ordinary first. And we need to wait. Church, I know it's hard. I know we want to take that immediate gratification, take what's right in front of us right away. And so much simpler, sometimes it feels easier. But God's purpose will never fail. Abraham had to wait for Isaac. Isaac had to wait for Rebecca. And it was totally worth it. And I can see them in heaven right now saying, it's so worth it. I'm so glad I waited because think of all the things that came out of this relationship, which eventually became the Jesus, which eventually became the salvation that we can experience here today. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for all the things that you've done in our lives. And I think back On Isaac and Rebecca. God, I think back on the praying parent of Jacob, our Abraham, how he prayed every day for his son Isaac. And for many years he didn't even know if he was gonna have a son, and yet you blessed him with that. And God, I thank you for how Abraham lived his life to prepare Isaac for what you had for him, for his for your purposes. For the nation that you were going to raise up. God, I thank you for that faithful servant who was watching. Who was looking for the extraordinary and the ordinary. And I thank you for the faithfulness of Rebecca. Going about her father's business. Watching every day, knowing that her God loved her. And that you had big plans for her life. God, I guarantee you she had no clue the plans that you had for her life and how amazing and how thousands of years later some people will be talking about her. And here she is. God, I pray that for every one of our kids. I pray that every one of our kids would understand how much you love them and how much your purposes are so much greater than whatever they would want for their pleasures. Give us the wisdom to guide. Give us the faithfulness to pray. Give us the diligence to watch. And give us the patience to wait and never settle in any way, shape, or form. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to grow more in your faith, check out one of our live groups that meets throughout the week. For a list of days and times, please visit our website at yankton.church. You can also check us out on Facebook and YouTube at Celebrate Yankton.